Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. This is Trent, I'm here with Alan, and as always, we want to uh, talk to you about the things that are hopefully will help you to endure. And you know, today's topic, I love Alan put this together, is breaking up is hard to do. And, and you know, <laughs> there's, you know, when you're a kid, teenager or younger, you know, people say they're going with someone else, you know, and and then there's always the inevitable breakup. And uh, then you're, you know, you're shattered for, for the next week or so, or maybe just the next hour. Who knows? But anyway, Alan got to attend the uh, SBC convention uh, in Anaheim, got to schmooze with a lot of folks this week. And so, um, Alan, talk to us about this. Is breaking up still hard to do? Oh man, uh, yeah, yeah. You, maybe I shouldn't have titled that. It brings back a lot of painful memories, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so anyway, as as someone who's usually the bit was the the breakup e, yeah, I, I really <laughs> I really relate to that. But um, you know, you know, I was at the, at the Southern Baptist Convention, and there were some really positive things that came out of that. You know, I'm grateful to see messengers. If you're a Southern Baptist, take you know, take seriously um, the sexual abuse of matters that were at hand. Um, great always to see things like the missionaries being commissioned, which mm -hmm. is such a beautiful time. And, you know, you recognize that you do have a lot more in common um, than you don't have in common. But, you know, as, as oftentimes goes, there's often some point of conflict or points of conflict. And, this was probably a year where there was more conflict than the normal, more conflict than than what you would like to see. And there was a, a prominent church in particular that was pointed out. Um, if you're Southern Baptist, you probably know who I'm talking about. But um, a prominent church that was being considered whether or not they are still Baptist enough to be Baptist. And, mm. you know, question, questions regarding that. And though no final decision was made, it's pretty apparent that the, the days for this church are probably limited um, as being considered in good fellowship with um, the Southern, Southern Baptist Convention overall. Trent, before we jump into to all of it about breaking up, not every conflict has to end in a breakup, right? I mean, you know, right. we, well, we you strive... We strive for other outcomes. I mean, you, you and mm -hmm. Dane have done a lot of um, a lot of couples counseling, and so there's some mm -hmm. other outcomes that we try to work for. Oftentimes, when there's conflicts, what are some of the other things that we try to try to do? Well, yeah, there's there's hopefully you can work toward people hearing each other and uh, listening, and that will lead to some compromise. One of the one of the first things, you know. If there's an opportunity for people to hear each other and then they can compromise, that's a that's a blessing big time. Um, and so they can work together and still be part of the same team. Yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of things we want to compromise, but then there's sometimes some things you can't compromise on. I mean, there's just um, certain things, maybe convictions of the heart, things like that you can't compromise on. Sometimes you can fight for a concession where mm -hmm. where another person maybe gives in and says, you know what, this isn't a, a battle worth fighting. And, you know, mm -hmm. I've done that as a pastor. You've done that as a pastor saying, you know what, it's OK for me to lose this battle. And so, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll concede this one because there's a bigger one um, mm -hmm. coming. 
you know, today we want to talk about, you know, basically that idea of coexistence. How do we coexist mm -hmm. even though we're not going to agree? Um, and then there's a, a fourth way, which is completely a terrible way, but mm -hmm. many guys try to push for this, and that's coercion. I'm just mm -hmm. going to force you to see it my way, um, and, and that, that really never goes well. Um, it certainly doesn't go well when you're doing marriage counseling. Oh, absolutely. Trying yeah. to coerce the other person. Yeah. And I mean, in that case, there really is no relationship. It's, I mean, it's just a slave master kind of thing. And so, yeah, you know, if, if you can, the more that the group, a group or, you know, a couple can hear each other, the better off they'll be. And to where, yeah, you got to keep in mind that if one person wins, they both lose. And, and so it's not about winning or losing. And, and what you talked about, uh, you know, getting concessions, you know, from maybe one group or one person in a, in a marriage situation. If again, if one person wins, it gets all, if it consistently gets all the concessions, then the other person's going to give up there they won't want to want want to be part of that relationship because they're always the one giving always the one giving and so in a in a church setting you know if the pastor's always the one giving then you'll, you're going to see that pastor leave because they're they just you, a person won't do that forever well and i think it also says something about the nature of leadership as well you know we talked about leadership and servant leadership and you know, a, a good leader understands the battles you can win, you can afford to lose and the battles you can afford to win or mm -hmm. that you need to win. And, you know, yeah. you want to emphasize and you want to say you really let's just be honest. You don't want to battle often. And one of the problems yeah. I think we run into is that we can fall in love with battles, with a battle mentality. And we can mm -hmm. like we can like conflict. And, you know, yeah. there's been a lot written about liking conflict, that conflict is what gets us traction, but it's healthy mm -hmm. conflict, not unhealthy conflict. Right. And, and I think too many guys fall in love with the unhealthy side of conflict. Yeah. And I, Alan, I've known people that they really kind of thrived on stirring the pot. Right. And, you know, and maybe a lot of pastors probably can identify with that. They have somebody in their church that, that, loves to stir things up and constantly keeps things um, boiling. And, you know, in that situation, you're, you're, you need to have more peace, mercy, and grace than you do, you know, boiling over and, and conflict. And if a church, a church can get a, a, a reputation of being a church that is always in conflict and, and people outside the church will hear that that will that will get out in the community yeah and that's not a church people people guests are going to want to want to come to and mm -hmm. what guests you get if they do stick it's because they like conflict and so you just right. increase your increase your problem you know this is mm -hmm. not and you know the, so the idea of coexistence which it really is you know in a marriage you coexist we agree to disagree and sometimes you can mm -hmm. do that in a church but oftentimes this idea of coexistence when it comes to, to certain large matters mean that, means that there's some kind of breakup. Mm. That we're going to have to agree to disagree and we're going to have to agree to go our, our separate ways. Now, in a, in a church setting, Trent, what are some of the things that might cause that level of, um, 
a breakup? Well, you know, the, the old joke about the color of the carpet, but it's not really a joke because I've seen it happen, um, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, but, you know, there's there's all kinds of things get, that can lead us to, um, you know, whether it's the, theology, somebody has a different belief than, than we do. Um, we don't agree on, on things that, that should or shouldn't be taught. Uh, those are some some things that can cause folks to have a sharp disagreement. Yeah, I think, you know, the big ones I think we think about are the theological ones. Um, mm -hmm. Now, you know, again, we come from a Southern Baptist background, which means we are confessional people. We're not a creedal people. And mm -hmm. uh, that that always leaves its own uncert uncertainty when it comes to some theological matters because we've we've considered ourselves to be a big tent people, but when you really look at our tent, our tent has very, very strict borders, um, so mm -hmm. to speak. And so if you fall outside that tent, um, you know, in, in our minds, you fall outside um, an area of cooperation for us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some churches are more creedal, which means they have mm -hmm. more definition. Um, some churches are even, even less, less so, you know, non-denominational churches are, mm -hmm. you know, can have almost um, theological stances that are kind of fluid in, in, in some ways. And so it could be a theological issue. It, it could be some, some other type of issue. You know, and the Bible mentions one of those issues. There was an issue that led Paul and, and Barnabas to break up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> Barnabas wanted to bring a young man with him that uh, Paul's like, no, he, he let us down before and we don't want to, have this situation again and and so uh that caused paul and barnabas to, to split and go their separate ways and and that can happen in churches too you know uh, a different vision you know a different um plan for the future and a conflict over that can really cause people to to break fellowship which is un, you know it's unfortunate that that sometimes that does cause a breaking of fellowship when it could just be okay we don't agree but I still am praying for you, and I hope that you do well. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it wasn't a theological issue, really, mm -hmm. that, that drove them apart. It was a practical issue. It was a conflict over the vision and leadership and the direction of their mission travels that they were, they were taking. Um, mm -hmm. But I do say, I would say one thing, because, you know, that character being John Mark, you know, who wrote, we're grateful for the Gospel of Mark. And... Mm -hmm. um, that because of that, you know, um, it does appear later in life, Paul said, hey, you know, I need John Mark. I need him. Mm -hmm. And so it does not appear as though all relationships were broken off and all relationships were severed. You know, we don't know how. We know it was a sharp disagreement among them. I mean, that's how the Bible refers to it mm -hmm. as a sharp disagreement. Um, but, you know, just because there was a sharp disagreement doesn't mean that they they hated each other from from then on right you know right. um in fact the kingdom was probably advanced because there was barnabas taking john mark on on mission endeavors and there was paul out on mission endeavors and again we don't ever like to think of church conflict as being being a source of church growth but we do sometimes see that that when churches get to a point where they can't can't get along or can't agree that sometimes 
a split done properly might be the best outcome in a tough situation. And um, this was maybe one of those cases. Yeah, um, it, it sounds bad, but a lot of church planting starts because of a split, like you mentioned, uh, you know, a disagreement. Um, and, you know, in those situations, I was part of a church years ago that that could have said to the group that was going and le leaving, they said they could have sent them with their blessings and said, hey, we want to encourage you. We want to be here for you. But they didn't, you know, they just kind of, you know, caused a stink and there was more uh, disruption and disagreement than blessing and grace. And, and so um, when you're in those situations, it, it might be good to take a step back and say, OK, if we want to be like like you were just mentioning, Alan, about Paul and Barnabas and, and it turning out for the best and then us having a relationship, then let's send them with our blessing. Let's ask for, for forgiveness if there needs forgiveness to be asked for, um, and then send them and say, hey, we want you to do well. But a lot of times people just don't do that. Yeah, that's a that's the challenge, right? Because breaking up is hard to do. I mean, it's just the, right. it's just the reality. We we get we get all wrapped up into it. And so we, we've probably already mentioned a couple of these things, but let's really talk about what we do and how we are responsive when we get to a place where we know that there's going to have to be a breakup. You know, mm -hmm. um, again, you know, I, I told you I'm, I was usually on the wrong on the on the bad side of, of breakups <laughs> in my, in my yeah. younger love life. Um, but you know, I, I didn't, and I didn't learn how to be broken up with either. I, I got to, mm. got to be honest about that. So how, how do we do that? You know, if, if you're the pastor of a church and there is someone with a theological issue, or there's someone trying to take the church in a different direction than what you know, God is, is leading you into, and you know that there's going to have to be that difficult conversation. Um, how, how can you deal with that? So we got some questions for you to ask today that will hopefully mm -hmm. help you um, in this situation. And so here's the first one. You know, are there other options? You know, can what is this a place where we can compromise? Is is this a battle that is really not a big deal? And can I mm -hmm. afford to lose it? You know, or right. can you can you look at those other options? Yeah, and that's hard when it comes to theology and uh, you know doctrinal issues. I had a pastor, a friend of mine in West Texas years ago that he, he was, we talked and he said, you know what, in my mind, there are some essentials that I cannot compromise and that I won't compromise on. But then there's some, there's some non-essentials, you know, things that um, in scripture aren't laid out black and white and, and they're not, uh, you know, a deal killer for me. And I can still have a relationship with that person and we can compromise, you know, um, and, and there are times when I can just say, okay, we just agreed to disagree. Yeah. So, you know, that, and, but if it's a question of, you know, where a certain class in the church meets or something like that, maybe that's not a battle mm -hmm. um, that, that's worth fighting. Maybe it's worth looking at some, some other options or, or some things like that. You know, I remember, a, a group came to me one time and said, we really don't like the literature you picked out for, you know, for our classes, for our Sunday classes. 
you know, um, I was really felt strongly that we needed to stay in what we were, but for the doctrinal nature of what we were doing. Um, Mm -hmm. But it wasn't the battle. It wasn't a battle worth fighting for me. So we worked together to find a different thing. I was, I didn't think it was as good, but we came to a place. It was a battle that I could lose in that case, you know? So are there, are there options? You know, here's another question, Trent. How much are my emotions controlling my thoughts and my conversation? So I'm the emotional guy. So that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a tough one for, for, for me, but why yeah. is it important Trent for us to get, to, to be aware of what, what our emotional status is? Well, you know, it's just like the, you know, our title today, breaking up is hard to do. It, it is an emotional thing in, in, love life and also in churches i mean we get very defensive um we get hurt very easily we allow ourselves to get hurt very easily um and a lot of that comes from the fact that we are not thinking long term it's all about me and you know how am i going to lose face and and how am i going to um you know keep my reputation uh instead of thinking long-term and say, okay, God, what are you going to do with this? I trust you. Instead of trusting me, I trust you, Lord, for you to take and turn this into a positive thing. Romans 8, 28 tells us God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so, God, how are you going to do that with this situation? And so thinking long-term, I think, is a big key. Trent, do you find that there's uh, maybe a little bit too much of this sense of we want to say, well, Jesus got angry, you know, at the, at the, in the temple, you know, at people misusing the temple and this and that. So there is a righteous anger, and this is my righteous anger, and I have a right <laughs> to be mad. Um, do you think maybe we we overplay that some in churches? Yeah, it's interesting because years ago I had a guy come and confront me <laughs> in an angry way saying that Jesus never got angry. And I was like, well, yeah, he did. I mean, it's just the example you just pointed out, Alan, was that there was anger. So you kind of got both sides, you know, some people that say, and it's usually the angry people who are saying, you know, we shouldn't be angry. (laughs) So, um, but there's, yeah, there, you can't take that too far because Jesus exhibited and practiced so much more mercy and grace and he did anger, but there was a time when he did have to say, and, but, but look at what caused him to be angry. It was, it was a misuse of his father's worship space and saying that this is supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations. That's what made him angry. And they had turned it into a store basically. Yeah. Yeah. There is a, a place, uh, there is a place for some righteousness and anger at times, but you know, he, it was, it really wasn't aimed at one person in particular. It was aimed at a concept and what had happened collectively to the, to, to the temple. And so try to remember that, you know, whenever, Mm -hmm. whenever we start aiming it towards one person, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, I think that can be a very dangerous place for us. Um, we need to be a little bit careful, a little bit careful there. I would say, Alan, that, um, you know, if, if it's something that is pushing people away from God, then I can be angry about that. 
if it's, you know, if it's something about the color of the carpet or where we meet or literature that you mentioned, what literature we use, um, I don't have to be angry. I may disagree, but I don't have to be angry about it. Um, and so I think that's, you have to be careful what you, what you're angry. Uh, if you're angry all the time, then that there's something else going on. And there are some people that just seem to be angry all the time. And it's usually, it's not the things that they're talking about at the time that is really what's making their, them angry. There's something else, something else that they're just angry about. Yeah, they're looking at the, yeah. They're, they're just looking for the next issue to be angry about to not deal with the mm -hmm. core cause of the anger to begin with. Right. So, you know, you mentioned it earlier, Trent, but that's the, the question. Can I bless the other person? Is, is this a, mm -hmm. a situation where, where I can bless them and, and send them out? You know, um, the, the church in question at the convention this week, you know, I think the appropriate response, if, if we have to basically do what we do in our circle, which is disfellowship a church, is say, we love you, we appreciate all you've done among our body of believers. We've come to a place where we're in disagreement, but we want you to know we we pray for your success, we pray for your holiness. You know, we 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 pray for you, we've loved you, you know, mm -hmm. and and do as much as we can do to bless them. And I think that that's the godly way to do it. I know there are those who disagree with me, but that's how I see it. That's how I see it in God's word that we, we need to do as much as we can do to, to, to bless, to, to be a blessing. Um, they're not preaching a false gospel, but they certainly interpret the Bible differently um, from, from who we are. So mm -hmm. what do you, what, what do you have to say to that about? Well, about yeah, I, you know, it makes me think of in, in the letters to that Paul wrote to the Corinthians. You know, there was situations that he had to confront um, happening in that church. Uh, but later on, and, and at first he tells them to cast out a person who is doing wrong. But then later on in this the second letter that we have in Scripture, he tells them it's now it's time to go and get that person and bring them back in. So if that's for that to be the case, you can't just destroy the relationship in anger. You have to say, okay, we can't, we can't do life together closely right now, but maybe in the future, you know, uh, we, like you said, we do appreciate you. We, we're thankful for you in, in the situation at the SBC. Um, but there, you know, you have to leave an opening a relationship to continue in the future. Well, and I think that's why these last two questions are kind of tied together. You know, how does my response reflect the character of Christ? And am I am I leaving a door open for reconciliation? Those those, those are the things that you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, these right. and these are important questions. These are not these are not side notes. These mm -hmm. are important questions because I think again, I I've seen churches that that say, well, we're a church that takes discipline very seriously. And it seems that churches want to be quick to discipline people sometimes, but they don't want to be quick to restore the person. Yeah. Right. And well, yeah, that's, that seems anti-Bible anti, anti -Bible yeah. to me. <laughs> right. Mean, well, and a lot of churches, the Bible teaches. 
Yeah, a lot of churches do that to their pastors if there's an issue. And they, we like to say they shoot their wounded, you know. Um, and so, yeah, am I, am I showing grace and mercy? And am I showing forgiveness? Um, and a lot of people get hung up on the idea that if I forgive someone, that means I'm accepting what they did. And that's not at all what the biblical example of forgiveness is all about. Um, it's forgiveness is choosing not to bring it up again. That doesn't mean that I accept what they did, but it's I'm choosing not to hold that against you. And, you know, I, I'm going to be um, as gentle as a does, but wise as serpents kind of thing, you know. I'm going to, it doesn't mean I have to hang out with you all the time from now on just because I forgave you, um, but I'm not going to keep, I'm not going to hold myself captive to that thought pattern, that thought process. Yeah, you know, and you talk about the character of Christ, and that's, again, understanding forgiveness from the standpoint of how Christ forgives us. He doesn't mm -hmm. accept our sin. You know, he no. died for our sin. He doesn't accept our sin. Um but he forgives us of our sins and and it mm -hmm. is good to be forgiven it's good to be a a forgiver and of course um you know the idea of reconciliation is is really a beautiful word I mean, the, the bible talks about our relationship with god is is one of reconciliation mm -hmm. and that that is god's most desired outcome when there's brokenness is that there be reconciliation so whenever we are doing the work of reconciliation, we, we really are doing the Lord's work. And so our longing should always lead us um, to that end. Um, the problem is we're people and we hold <laughs> grudges and we hold our thoughts and we are often slow um, to forgive. But we need we need to be reconcilers and we need to do the work of reconciliation because really breakups should not be commonplace they should be mm -hmm. the exception and and hopefully not the rule yeah well didn't uh wasn't jesus has said that the, our love for one another will show people that we belong to him um you know instead of our hate for one another our you know it's it's very much the way that we offer grace and mercy and forgiveness um and you know it's crazy but we we are people that we judge others by their actions and we judge ourselves by our intentions um and we want you know we want others to think oh these these people they meant well but when we look at other people and judge them oh they were terrible we don't have a clue what they meant to do maybe they just messed up so we don't offer grace and forgiveness as often as we should. And so we hope you'll ask yourselves these, these questions when you're in that moment and you realize that you are going to have to agree to disagree and perhaps part ways. Um, are there other options or were there some other things that I could consider? You know, how much are my emotions controlling um, my outcomes? Can I bless the other person? How does my response reflect the character of Christ? And am I leaving a door open for reconciliation? I think those are some really important questions uh, for us to ask. Um, hopefully you don't find yourself in this situation often, 
Um, but when you do, we hope that these words will help you just a little bit. Trent, you got any final words for folks today? Well, we do appreciate when you take time to listen to our podcast. And we'd like that for this to be the beginning point of a relationship and that we might be able to help you, encourage you. Maybe you have another opportunity or another thought about a topic that we could discuss. Or maybe you have thoughts about the topic that we just uh, that you just listened to. We'd love to hear those as well. But if there are things that are going on, maybe it's a conflict that you believe that Alan and I could uh, maybe help you with, uh, start a conversation with, we'd love to do that. And so you can get in touch with us. Uh, and there's some information at the end of our show notes there that you can get in touch with us there. But we'd love to to make this the beginning point of a conversation with you. So thank you so much for taking time today and God bless you as you do ministry in the name of Jesus.